Rod Builders, save the date. On April 12th, 13th, and 14th, Angler's Resource will host the Mastering Rod Building Seminar in Foley, Alabama. The event will feature a series of presentations by some of the biggest names in the rod building community, along with vendors, live music, free food, and even a keg of beer. The event's free to attend, but entry is limited to the first 150 spot people who sign up. So to reserve your spot, visit anglersresource.net slash seminar. That's anglersresource.net slash seminar and fill out the registration form on the Hope page. See you there. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Faulkner, and this morning we are talking about one of my very favorite topics, the Super Bowl globally of custom rod building, and I'm delighted to have, that is, of course, the International Custom Rod Building Exposition, uh, which is coming up here in February of 2024, and I'm delighted to be joined again by Tom Kirkman, the editor of Rodmaker Magazine, and the the force behind the single largest and longest running and most successful custom rod building show, the ICRBE, and also an accomplished custom rod builder in his own right. You may remember him from our previous episode on uh, rod building ergonomics. Welcome, Tom. Good to be here. It's good to have you. So uh, I'm I'm giddy about this topic. Uh, and a lot of people are going to say, what are you guys, why are you covering the ICRBE? This is the Super Bowl of rod building. Everybody knows about it. You'd have to live under a rock to not know about it. But the reality is not everybody's a subscriber to the magazine. Not everybody you know, has, has been to one of these things before. And my hope is that there might be people who were like me, uh, who were on the fence about going to their first one and who once they went to one would never miss it for the world. So uh, hopefully we can educate a few people. And for those sure. of you who go every year and are like me, wouldn't, would never miss it. We'll, we'll get you revved up and you'll have some things to look forward to. And it's shaping up to be an extremely uh, full and exciting show this year. So, but before we jump into that, let's talk about the history of the show a little bit, Tom, because th- this is something sure. that you've been at. Is this the 20, you've been at it more than 20 years, right? Oh yeah. We're, we're pushing 22, 23. The only okay. year we missed was the COVID year. Yeah. And we would have had it that year, but the city of Winston-Salem decided to classify it as a convention yeah. rather than a trade show open to the public. But, uh, but that's okay. We, uh, we came back strong and uh, that's the only year that we haven't hosted the show since 2004. Well, I feel like year over year, each year since the COVID cancellation year, it's sort of gotten better every year. And it's I'm excited that it's going to be even better this year. So talk to me about the history, because there yeah. were some shows once upon a time that you organized in Nashville. I know that I went to those were back in like the late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s, I feel like. And that was more of a club show. You know, there there's always been rod building seminars around the yeah. country. Dale yeah. Clements with his rod crafter association really got mm-hmm. those rolling and they were really small regional events mm-hmm. you know 20 30 maybe 40 people at, at times i think some of the national events drew uh, uh maybe double that or triple yep. that even but we're still talking about a few dozen people right they were basically seminar based if you had uh, if they were held at say a dealer somewhere around the country because i think they did four or five per year they did one up in uh, within Washington, I think mm-hmm. Lime and Glass hosted that one. Angler's yep. Workshop's right across the street. Right. Then, of course, Bob McCamey at Custom Tackle Supply. He yep. hosted a show in, in Tennessee for, for many, many years. And, of course, Dale did their their national uh, show up in, um, uh, Al- I think that's Allentown, where he where he had that. And I think there were a couple others. Maybe uh, uh, Kel Cheatham did something down in Florida. 
Uh, there's another gentleman I, I can't remember, and I think he was in Alabama. But anyway, they, their schedule would run uh, three, four, five events per year. Yeah. But where I really got the idea for the expo happened in the late 1990s when I attended the American Association of Woodturners Symposium. Now, if you're not familiar with that association, it is a, a world-renowned association for woodturners mm-hmm. and the companies involved in that industry. And they happened to locate in Greensboro that year, which is a short drive for me. Yeah. And as a as you know, semi-woodworker woodturner myself, I went over and I was just absolutely blown away by the quality of the event, the way they put it on. The number of people there, the number of dealers and manufacturers, you know, they had one room with uh, the, the artwork, you know, the, the beautiful turnings that uh, their members had done. And a lot of them were for sale. Yeah. Uh, they had had another room with which demos and seminars. Mm-hmm. And then they had the main hall, which was the uh, manufacturers and, and dealers and just the amount of product and everything. I went both days. And like I say, I was just blown away. And I, yeah. I started thinking, wouldn't it be great? if the raw building world could expand beyond the, the small regional seminar ideas into something like we had something like this right each year. And uh, so I had been thinking about that for several years and around 2002, I started talking with some of the members in the industry. And of course their immediate answer from everybody was it'll never work. Can't happen. You can't do it. Uh, not a, not a, enough density of raw bidders in any particular location. Guys are not going to travel that far. Uh, and it's kind of like the chicken and the egg scenario. Right. The only way to get people to travel hundreds of miles or even thousands, you got to have a really big event. Right. And to have that really big event, you got to have the manufacturers and dealers there and they don't want to come because they're not sure people are going to drive to attend the event. So, right. it, you know, which, which do you do first? Who do you work on first? Right. But I concentrated on the manufacturers and the dealers. And I said, I, we, we can do this. And what I ended up doing, just to kind of test the waters, Barry Servienti was the owner of the East Coast segment of the fly fishing shows. Yep. Very successful series of shows, been around for a long time. Yep. And he was in Charlotte, and he had some extra room, and I approached him and said, I wonder if we could piggyback a custom rod building event onto your Charlotte fly fishing show. Give us an aisle. I'll sell the booths. You get the money. You get the gate. I don't want anything out of it. Right. I just want to see if we can do this. Right. And uh, he was very agreeable to it. Now, he didn't think it would work. Right. But since it wasn't going to cost him anything. Yeah. He said, yeah, have at it. So I began contacting uh, dealers and manufacturers, many of them who uh, advertised in Rodmaker. And it was a really tough sell. I- I'll tell you, these guys just felt like, no, 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 this this won't happen in the, in the rod building world. Can't be done. Uh, people have tried it. It's just not going to happen. Right. But. My track record in the industry between the magazine and rawbuilding.org, two other things which nobody said could be done. Right. I'd done that. And so there were enough companies that said, okay, we'll try. We'll give it a shot. We'll give it yeah. a shot. Yeah, you, yeah. You've been good as your word on the other things. Let's see what you can do here. Now, we only had, uh, I'd have to go back and count, but I think there were maybe just 11, 12 companies that exhibited that first year. Oh, wow. But we had a great show. Yeah. Uh, the hall was packed. Uh, everybody uh, on the raw bedding aisle was busy. The dealers sold things. They made a, a profit. The manufacturers stayed busy talking to people. They were very enthusiastic. We also did seminars, by the way. So we had a great time and everybody was so enthusiastic. They said, we hope you do it again next year. I said, okay, we will. Talked to Barry. He felt that the turnout 
was great that it added a lot to uh, the fly fishing show. They said, do it again. Yeah. So the next year we had, um, I think we moved up 16, 17, 18 manufacturers and, and dealers. Yep. And same thing. We, we had another good turnout and Barry was very happy, but now I felt like, okay, we're up and running. We've proved you can do this. Right. We need, we need to go on a standalone basis we need to have our own thing. Okay. Well, this is where everybody in the industry started backtracking again. Now they're worried. <laughs> they say, look, we, we've got a, a guaranteed gate here because the fly fishing shows are going to draw a certain number of people anyway. We know there's going to be people here. You do this on a standalone basis. We don't know if there'll be enough people here to even bother with. And it was Bill Batson at Batson Enterprises that understood it. And I'll never yeah. forget something he told me. He said, I wish you would do it on a standalone basis because in Charlotte with the fly fishing show, I have guys come into the booth and we strike up a conversation and I spend 15, 20, 30 minutes talking to them. And then I find out they're not rod builders. Yeah, They don't want to be rod builders. They're not interested in rod building. They were just down here. And while they're here at the fly fishing show, they decided to kill some time and right. come see what was going on over here. He right. said, if you do this standalone basis, if you do it just for rod builders, then I know that everybody I talk to is either a rod builder or a potential rod builder. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. And so we went ahead and just based on the success we'd have in Charlotte, we, uh, we got another location. Now that was, that was difficult because you have to plan several years out yeah. for events like this. You can't just go book a convention center. Right. And I was looking, we'll, we'll get into the location later, but I was looking in Greensboro and they, everything they had was booked uh, two, three, four years out. And then a friend of mine, fishing buddy, Rodney Powell, who helped me at the show for many years, he said, you live in High Point. It's the trade show capital of the world. You got 13 million square feet of, of showroom space for the international home furnishings market. Right. Somebody will have space. Right. And as it, it ended up, I went and talked to the people at the show place. They had never leased space mm -hmm. for anything outside of the, the uh, what we call the furniture market here in town. Right. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And that was an absolutely tremendous facility. Yeah. Um, you said you didn't, you never came to the shows in High Point, but. No, I miss you those. About, you talk about a magnificent facility and great people to work with. It, it was absolutely fantastic. But again, there was a lot of apprehension. That would have been in uh, 2007. Okay. And a lot of the companies still felt like we don't know what's going to happen. There's there's right. no guarantee anybody's going to show up. Right. But we moved up in, I think we probably had, again, I'd have to go count, but we were around 24, 25 companies that year. And, and within 10 minutes after the doors opened, we knew it would be a success. The place yeah. was packed. We had a line out front. Yeah. Everybody was happy. They made money. Uh, the raw builders were ecstatic about it. Uh, and I talked to a lot of people, you know, where did you come in from? Well, I, I, we drove down from Michigan yesterday, or right. we flew in from Arizona, or we came down from Alaska, or we're from Canada, you know, and I say, and those are the guys I really wanted to get their input. I say, mm -hmm. was it worth the trip? And absolutely, every time they said the same thing, it was better than I thought it exceeded my expectations, and yep. I'll be back. Yep. So we stayed in, uh, we stayed in High Point through 2012, had a great run there. The the cost of the facility, because it's a it was a private facility, it wasn't a municipal facility, it was operated on a on a cost basis. Right. It was very, very expensive. I was I was spending, oh gosh, you know, I, I had the, the the show place, then I had Centennial Station where we did the Rodmaker reception. Mm -hmm. And between the two facilities, I'm I'm not even gonna spit out a number, but let me just say that it was it was expensive. Yeah. And so I started looking for some other facilities and the show had gotten enough 
national press among the trade show people, not just rod building, but trade show people, that I was starting to get inquiries from, oh, I got one from Milwaukee, uh, the folks in Houston, I got a couple from out west, up in the mm. northeast, all wanting you to come and Post book your event. Yeah. yeah, you know, they want to bring people into their city and spend sure. money. That's that's sure. show business all about for the city. Yeah, right. And um, there's a there's a reason I wanted to stay in this area. We'll get get to that in a minute. But uh, the folks in Winston Salem at the Benton Convention Center had talked to me, uh, well, every year, as a matter of fact. And I finally said, let, let me go see what they've got to offer. Yeah. And I like the facility. I like the people. In fact, uh, one of the ladies that uh, operated the show place, Karen Wall, had gone to work at the Winston-Salem Tourism Bureau. So I had an in there, already had right. a good relationship with her. And um, the one advantage to Winston-Salem over High Point, I think, was the uh, number of amenities downtown. In, in yeah, High the hotels Point, and restaurants just place, right Yeah, if you, you know, if you left the show place and it was time to get something to eat or you needed something from a store, you really had to get in your car and drive north of the downtown area. But right. in Winston-Salem, downtown is loaded with restaurants and shops. And Everything. It's just a really, really nice, nice place. Yep. And uh, so we went there. Uh, 2013 was our first event there. Worked exceptionally well. And yep. we've been there ever since. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a great facility. Uh, it's the kind of thing where... There's several hotels right there. Uh, there's several restaurants and and breweries and and things right there. Like it's the kind of thing where you can show up for the show, park your car at the hotel when you show up, and not have to get yeah, your car out until weekend. you go home. Yeah, and 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 you can go to everything if you're a. And we'll talk about everything that goes on, but it's a. You know, I agree. I I didn't. My son's birthday is in February, and the show often conflicted with when his birthday party was going to be, yeah. and I missed it for years and years. And you and I got in this funny rhythm where I'd I'd email you shortly after the show. There'd be all this buzz. Everybody'd be talking about how great the ICRB was this year. And I'm like, man, next year I'm coming. I've already got a hotel reservation. This is the year I'm coming. And then my wife would schedule the birthday party and I'd be like, yeah. man, I'm not gonna come. And, and I think I did that for about seven years. Well, I don't I don't think I his birthday should... is gonna change from one year to the next. No, it's not. But uh and how dare you not schedule around it, right? But yeah, yeah. so it's now that he's he's kind of grown up, that is uh that has resolved. Yeah, and it yeah, actually you know why you know why we do this in, in February, late February. Well, why? Let's talk about the location because I was shocked okay. when, when okay. you and I talked about location and timing and everything, because it's very specific and data driven and deliberate, but a lot of people just like oh, I just picked that time and that place because it's close to him. That really actually has nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, it's a happy accident. You know, after the expo had had run for a few years and a lot of people in other parts of the country thought, hey, OK, this this is easy. You know, if you do something well, you make it look easy. You know, sure. To me, right. brain surgery is probably easy. I, I don't know what would be difficult about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about it. Right. It's yeah. when you get into the details that things get difficult. Right. And uh, so a lot of people tried to to do these. Uh, and I don't I'm not trying to disparage anybody because I applaud anybody that's, that's willing to take the risk and do this. But let's just call them a, a copycat uh, expo type thing. Right. You know, how could it miss in California? Well, it did. How could yeah. it miss in Washington? It did. How could it miss in Texas? I mean, they people tried these shows all over the country, and right. they were most of them were one and done. The one in California, uh, I think, went three years before the host finally decided this is this is not not working. Not going to go. Yeah. But but there's a reason for that, and it comes down to demographics. Mm -hmm. And and there's a financial aspect, too. But we'll talk about the, the demographics very quickly. Seventy to 75 percent of the people in the country live east of the Mississippi River. Yep. Seventy to 75 percent of all the fishing licenses in the country are sold east of the Mississippi River. 
stands to reason that 70 to 75% of all the custom rod builders live east of the Mississippi River. Yep. So if we talk about travel time, most of the folks that attend something like the expo, they want to be able to get there in one day. Now yep. you can get anywhere in the country in one day if you fly, but here's right. the problem with flying and something like a rod expo. These guys are going to buy rod blanks. Yep. You just about count on it. Yep. It's hard to get home on an aircraft. Now we had a shipper for some years, but that's that's expensive too. So yeah, that's gone told, sideways since COVID too. Yeah, yeah, and they've told me they've told me over the years, you know, we want to drive, we want to be able to carry our stuff home in the car. Yep. Yep. So now you say, okay, I need to be located within one day's drive of this seventy to seventy-five percent custom rod builder demographic. Right. So that puts you about halfway between you know the upper Midwest and the and the tip of Florida. Right. And then you got to be careful. You know, I go too far south. I'm going to cut the guys out that are in the, the upper states. And then if I go too far north, I cut the guys out from the south. Plus, you get into weather issues. Yep. And so I started looking at all this and you wound up with a corridor that runs from probably about Knoxville, Tennessee, over around Charlotte and then back up maybe to, to somewhere in, in southern Virginia. Although I, I never really Roanoke would be a pop possibility but yeah. uh the facilities just just weren't there yeah so i began looking uh, yeah i touched on atlanta but the cost was just incredible it would yeah. be three to four times what i could do it for so w- when we hooked up with barry in charlotte we found that to be a, a, a good location because it was within a single day's drive for all the people we're talking about right you could have a weather event uh it certainly snows in north carolina but we're we're just far enough east of our, our western mountains that it's not going to be a, it, it's, it's worth the risk. Okay. Yeah. And um, from Charlotte, we started looking and we went up through, uh, like I say, we ended up here in High Point and then went to Winston-Salem. We're, and we're right, at, we're right in that corridor where we're in the center of the greatest concentration of rob builders in the country. Yeah. That's one of the reasons you can't just pick up and say, well, we're going to do something in, in Minnesota or we're going to do something in Colorado. Right. Uh, it's, you're not going to be able to get people to travel that far. Yeah. So there's, there's more to just saying, we think this would be a good location. Look at all right. the robbers in California. Well, there's not enough. Right. There's not enough. You have to pull people in nationwide. Yeah. It's and then also, we talk about. It's also a happy accent. You got the great facilities because I think the MC Benton yeah. Convention Center and the walking distance oh, yeah. kind of setup is perfect. You you got two airports if you do want to fly because some people may want to fly. You got Charlotte. That's a that's a reasonable drive. You got Piedmont Triad or whatever the Greensboro whatever they call that's that 15 airport. Fifteen minutes out. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's close. You you have lots of options to get there on multiple airlines if you wanted to fly and you're around this concentration of rod builders. Talk to me. And the facility is obviously awesome. And in the hotel access, but talk to me a little bit about the timing because that was a real specific and deliberate thing too. Yeah, you don't want to have to compete with other activities. Right. So obviously by March, a lot of people in the country are back on the water. They're fishing. They've been cooped right. up all winter. They want to fish. Yep. Uh, if you try to do it in the summer, kids are out of school. There's a lot of things going on with vacations. That's not a good time to do it. The fall, yeah, people are still fishing. They're getting ready for the holidays. There's right. too many other endeavors that people go through during the year that you'd be competing with. But now right. you get into January and February. January is a little bit close to Christmas. People are just coming down from the holidays. You start looking at the end of February, maybe push out as far as the 1st of March. And suddenly, now you got a time period where everything's calmed down. Right. All the sports, all the holidays. Yeah. Right. It just ends up being the best time of the year. The, the yeah. only downside is there is that 
possibility of a weather event, mm-hmm. a snow or an ice storm. And it, it happens every year. Uh, last year, we had one dealer whose, whose product was waylaid, didn't get here because of a snowstorm in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Some years ago, we had a manufacturer in Florida that couldn't get here because their plane was stuck in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So it's not just a weather event here. It can happen anywhere in the country. Right. But by and large, late February has turned out to be the best time to yeah. do this. And so as we sit here right now, uh, and, and the date for this year's show is February uh, 24th and 25th, right, in Winston-Salem. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about the number of exhibitors, like the, the list is still growing, but we're north of 30 exhibitors already, right? Um, and this yeah. isn't just, it's everybody you think would be here sort of domestically, but this this has gotten to where there's an international draw. I mean, uh, CTS from New Zealand will be there. You literally have people from all over the country. Batson's going to be there from the West Coast, right? I'm trying to think. It's North Fork Composites and Edge Rods. Are they? Yeah, yeah North Fork. North yeah. Fork. So North Fork Composites going to be there from the West Coast. Then you got people from the East Coast. You got Hatteras Jack and Ryan White coming. You got a Foundation Outdoor Group. You know, Mudhole American Tackle from. I mean, literally yeah. the country. You have representation from all over the country and outside the country. And I was so surprised. You know, Nuno Paulino will be there. Uh, there. There's an international draw to this. We had people from Hawaii oh, sure. there last year. I mean, it's really, if you've never been, it's um, it, it's pretty, it, it, it's absolutely worth your time. So uh, the way that it works is there's, it's two full days of the expo and the floor being open as well as seminars, right? And the seminars, like, yeah. you know, there's a, it, you, th- th- all of this is covered on the website. It's icrbe.com. So international custom rod building exposition.com. Um, and you have tabs there uh, for, that have all the details for lodging that list all the current exhibitors. And that list is growing every day. You've got all the location and dates. You've got details about tickets and admission and all that. But let's the seminars are a huge highlight. And you've already got a bang up list scheduled. And, and I know they, they'll continue to expand as we get closer. Yeah. But it's things like I'm just looking at the list for this year, setting up guide systems with Ernie Horvath, decorative rod wrapping basics with Mark Krause thread shading techniques with Mary Christie. I mean, Chris Catagnani, Mary Christie, Nuno Paulino, Mark Krause, you, Tommy Farmer, right? Like who, who better to talk about long distance surf casting than Tommy Farmer? Let me me throw in, let me throw in something about the seminars. Please do. Um, I would be the first to say the seminars are not a draw. Okay. If you got rid of the seminars, it wouldn't really change the total attendance figures for the expo. But I do the seminars because I think it adds greatly to the cost to benefit ratio of, I do too. of the event. Yeah. I mean, so many so many people who might not travel uh, any distance for a seminar based event will come to the expo be- because of the the exhibitors. Right. But now, while they're here, go to a. You know, I'm here anyway. Why not? Yep. And they don't cost any extra. You know, right. you come in the door. Everything's free. Everything's and we free. Yeah. Seat. Uh, all the way back to our days in Charlotte, we typically put 125 chairs in the seminar room, and we will have several seminars, standing room only. They were standing room only, yeah, last year. Oh, yeah, last sure. year, yep. Ernie's first seminar, you know, we had to go pull an extra 20, 30 chairs in the room. Yep, yep. So they are well attended. People appreciate the fact that it doesn't cost anything extra. They cover a wide variety of topics. It's simply, there's no reason not to do it. Right. And of course, the American Association of Woodturners, I had noted at their event, yeah, yeah the draw was the machinery, uh, the equipment, and that, that sort of thing. But they also did seminars and they had some very noted woodturners there. Yeah. And people felt like, hey, it, it just adds to 
the value of the event. No, it does. And, and that's and I think that's maybe one of the key points. So if you're sitting there listening to this and you're a rod builder and you're one of the if you've been, you know what it is and you're going back. And there's a reason why everybody who goes says, I'm always going back. I'm not going to miss it if I can possibly help it. But if you're sitting here on the fence, um, wh why would you go? Why should you go as a as a rod builder? And I'll give my answer that I'm kind of interested in yours, Tom. I think that if, if you really enjoy uh, custom rod building, beyond just somebody that's going to build one or two rods and stop. If, if you're somebody who's gotten into this and you want to learn, maybe you already know most of it, but you want to come and just handle the equipment, yep. flex the rod blanks by hand, uh, attend. So you can do so much in one weekend. Yeah. And it, you just, you get to the point where, where else can you go? Yeah. You can go on YouTube and find out how to do some things. Uh, you can uh, call a manufacturer and talk to them. You can ask questions on message forums or on Facebook, but it's not the same thing as doing all this in person. And, you know, right. we talked about the seminar a minute ago, seminars. And um, the thing you find so often is there'll be a couple, three guys off here in the corner somewhere or somebody over here. It's not just the seminars where you learn. Right. You meet other rod with similar right. interests and they take off by themselves and they talk. You see right. somebody, they're out on one of our courtesy tables and they've got components spread out. And they're laying out a rod and they've got right. another guy there working with them. The sharing of information at this event yep. has to be the single greatest opportunity to learn and share of anything that goes on through the year. Yeah, I agree. And you're doing it all in person. Right. Yeah. And for me, you know, so one of the, there's always screaming deals at the show. People will be oh, selling sure. everything under the sun from great blanks, yeah. guides, tip tops, handles, grips, uh, thread, epoxies, finishes, adhesives, like everything, tools, lathes, everything you can think of will be there. And if you think about, you said, where else can you do this? There's literally no place else I've ever seen where you can go in one place and it's all there, right? So literally right. you could, you could, I've been thinking about one of these three blanks from these three different manufacturers to build this one build I'm working. Okay. You can actually flex those blanks side by side. You can compare them, right? Um, or buy all three of them <laughs> if you want. They're there. They're for sale. Uh, you can see all the burl corks uh, laid out side by side and pick which one you think is going to look right. You can and pick your own piece of stabilized wood, not just order a piece of stabilized wood, like pick of that type of wood and those dimensions, your particular piece, get to see the thread colors together. Uh, so many people, like um, you mentioned Ernie. Ernie gives the, uh, Ernie Horvath with EP's Rod and Reel gives the, the uh, great seminar on setting up modern guide trains. And then you can walk over to his booth with your blank and That's your right. reel seat and he'll help, he'll help you pick out your guide train specific to your reel and line. And You bring up another interesting point right there. Often, if you go to consumer shows, let's say somewhere local to you is a sportsman show or a fishing show or a hunting show. Yep. Most of the time when you go into a manufacturer's booth, the person you're talking to won't be the company owner. It won't be the engineer. They're It'll a rep. Be one of their rep right. groups. And yeah. When you come to the expo, 90% of the time, the person you're talking to, you, you go to one of the, the blank companies, you're talking to the, the engineer that developed yep. those blanks. You have a question. Right. He can answer it. Right. And you go into, uh, uh, well, somebody walks into the Angler's Resources booth. Right. You own the company. You'll be there. Right. Somebody w comes in and wants to know a little bit about Flexcoat. Roger Cedars was there. Yeah. The yeah. started it. I mean, right. so you're not you're not getting secondhand information. You're talking right. to the people that own and operate these companies. Absolutely. And that brings up a second point that I'll add uh, right now. This show is not just a consumer show. 
it has actually become a default uh, industry trade event. Yeah, it is. It if is the industry go, trade event. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere and talk to as many rod building component supply manufacturing companies as you can under one roof, you can't do that at ICAST. As big as that show is. Right. You will find more of those companies here at the expo right. than anywhere else. Yep. So you find a lot of guys who previously were having to maybe make sales calls, get on an airplane and spend a month traveling to all these companies around the nation. Now they come here yeah, and they talk to them all that weekend. Maybe they get with them at night and go to dinner. Maybe they visit them in their hotel rooms. Maybe they do it on the show floor. Yeah, But there's nowhere you can go and talk to this many industry people at one time in two days as you can here at the expo. Yeah. And especially blank manufacturers, right? Like I'm thinking about who's at the show last year and who's going to be there this year. Like it's well, rare. St. Croix, Rod Geeks, Rod Forge, uh, North Fork uh, Composites, there. North yeah. Fork Composites, Thrasher, Thrasher, MHX and CRB, yeah. um, CTS from New CTS, Zealand. I mean, that's, this is the only time they go to a show, right? Like in, yeah. in the States, it's awesome. And, yeah. and, and then you have dealers there. I don't want to leave anybody out, but look, yeah, look, I know. Uh, HFF and yep. you're going to have uh, Hatteras Jack and you're going to yep. have uh, Carolina Cast Pro and you're going to have all around fishing. I mean, you're not talking about a few dozen rod blanks. You're talking about thousands yeah. of rod blanks. Right. And there'll even be blanks there from companies that aren't represented at the show. Right. Um, through, through the I mean, sellers, through the distributors and resellers. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, it, it, it's just the amount of product is almost overwhelming. And I do have people say, you know, I, I couldn't see everything here if, if it, the show was a week long. You know, right. Two days is not enough. But, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that's that's simply the practical limit. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other one that stands out to me, like the number of times, and, and this is such a, a unique opportunity. Let's think about if you're a rod builder and you're serious, right? Like maybe you're in the transition where you've done it for a few years. You're still working on the original equipment you bought. Maybe it was a starter kit. Maybe it was sort of entry level. And you're like, okay, this is a hobby that's going to stick for me, a lathe. I want to build, I want to buy a wrapping machine or a rod building lathe, right? I can't, I don't know anywhere else where you can walk in and test drive all of them. Right. The Alps machines will be there. Flexcodes machines are there. Renzetti machines are there. The the Foundation Outdoor Group, CRB and, and Pro machines are there. Like American and, and machines. Every, yeah, yeah. All of it. Like everything. That was one where I you were talking about seeing the little groups of people kind of breaking off and getting together. That was one of the things where I saw multiple people have the aha moment where they sat there because not everyone's going to like the same machine. And, and right. um, you know, obviously, I'm loving my Renzetti and I love my flex coat and I always recommend those to people. But you don't know until you try it. And it's not what's right for me. It's what's right for you. And the ability to sit down and in one place, try all these things and talk to people who use them and see people who've tweaked them and modified them and, and then be able to make an informed decision. It's. That's, uh, I mean, to me, all of that makes it worth going. And we haven't even talked about, let's talk a little bit about if you, there is a reception for Rodmaker Magazine subscribers on yeah. Saturday night and never mind the giveaways at that show, right? So like last year gave away Renzetti lathes, gave away Flexcoat lathes, gave away, I don't even know yeah. how many blanks and guide sets and handle kits. The, the reception is something I started doing the second year we were in Charlotte. Okay. And then the third year, it was officially became something that the magazine did for its subscribers. So it, right. the reception itself is not part of the expo, but right. it takes place at the same time of the year the expo does 
just down the hall in the grand ballroom of the embassy suites. Right. And it was just something I wanted to do for magazine subscribers. Again, cost to benefit ratio. Right. Yeah. And uh, the industry has always been, been very much behind it. We typically give away close to a hundred door prizes. We know that on any given year, you're going to see about roughly 400 uh, magazine subscribers attend the expo. So it's a, it's a small, but informal affair. It, it, it's kind of taken on a, a notion of its own. Uh, when people say, well, what time is the banquet? Uh, what time is the dinner? And it's, it's really not a, you know, a big meal. It's just like refreshments and there's a cash bar. And, you know, of course you can get tea or lemonade if you want. And it's just a time to mingle and talk to yeah. people and down at the end of the day. And then we make it, we don't make a lot of speeches and that sort of thing. We make a few mentions here and there and uh, then we get started and everybody just has a great time. It took an hour to give away all the stuff last year. I mean, literally, that's how much stuff you can win. And so, again, the key is a couple of high points here. You have to be a Rod Maker Magazine subscriber yeah. to go to that reception. And that's very clearly noted everywhere. That's on the website. That And look, if you're not already a subscriber to Rod Maker Magazine, I think you're nuts. It's the best $29.95 a year you could possibly spend. I literally learned something. I've been doing this for not as long as you have, but for, you know, going on three decades and I learned something, there's something in every, every edition that I learn. I can't imagine what I'd be building or what I'd be doing if, if not for Rodmaker magazine. That's, that's a topic for a whole other day. We, we should do a whole episode on that. But um, if you think about if if I said to you, Hey, you can buy a $30 raffle ticket, you can get a year's worth of an, un the best, the unquestionable leading publication in the world on, on this topic that you love rod building. And you got a, you got a chance to win a, a Renzetti Lay, the Flexcoat D777, and, and you know, a hundred other prizes. Like, that's crazy. Why wouldn't you, right? Well, I had, I had an email, uh, in fact, just two or three weeks ago from somebody. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he said, I'm I'm not a subscriber, but I'm coming to the expo. I'd like to come to the magazine reception. It's a way I can, can buy a ticket. I said, yeah, they're $29.95. $29.95 comes the year of the magazine. Three copies of the magazine, you know. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, we're going to have 2,500 people at the expo. I can't. On the you know, for the price of an admission ticket, I can't do this for twenty five hundred people, right. but I can do it for four hundred, four hundred. I think we had four hundred and thirty eight last year. And it was it's a just, lot. I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah. something that that the magazine does for its people. I don't know of any other publication uh, in the world of any type that does something like this for its subscribers. And it's, I just yeah. thought, while we're here, let's do it. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's a highlight. I mean, and, and, and giving away a slew of stuff just makes it better. Um, and, you know, for me, one of the highlights last year was – well, every year that I've been, uh, there, there often are a lot of kids there, right? Like, uh, yeah. and I know, I know the kids aren't necessarily a, a high purchasing power demographic, but if you're thinking about coming and you've got a child that's interested in the craft, bring them. Uh, and if they go to that reception, I would go so far as to say they're almost guaranteed to win something. You, uh, uh wink, wink, smile, nod, you know, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is, tends to be a very friendly environment for kids. And, uh, I know the kids last year had a, great time and could barely carry out all the stuff that they won or were given. So that's a good thing too. Well, so yeah, let's talk um, details. Tickets, you, you, you can buy a one day ticket or a two day ticket. A one day ticket is I think $15. Yeah, two, two days day is $20. 20. Why, why wouldn't you buy two days, right? You can't convert your, your, your single day ticket into a two day ticket. No, you, day can't. And you know, it's, it's funny because we, we do have a lot of people that turn up on Sunday and say, you know, I was just going to spend one day here. Right. But it was so great. We stayed over and we right. want to come in on Sunday as well for, for a few hours yeah. before we go home. I, I really believe that if you've never been here before, you, you're just going to, like I 
was at, at the Wood Turner show, you'll be overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. At, the, yeah. at the amount of product, the amount of people. And I think the greatest value of the show is to be in a room with hundreds and hundreds and over the course of two days, uh, 2,000 to 2,500 other people that have the same interest that you do. Yep. Anybody you walk up to, they're a rod builder. And people love to talk rod building. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's the intangible of the show. that It's hard to put a value on. Yeah. Uh, even with all the seminars, all the stuff, all the great prices, uh, everything else. Just the idea that everybody in the room has something in common. Yep. In rod building. Yep. 100%. And I'd even go further. I'd say, you know, nobody knows everything. Everybody knows something, right? Like I always pick up something or learn something or have somebody show me something at this, oh, at yeah. the show that it's like, uh, wow, that's, you know, it's a, there's tremendous value there. And it's just fun. It's just a fun group of people. Everybody has a good time. There's, there's some informal traditions that have sprung up. You can always stop by the decal connection booth and get a donut and a cup of coffee. From <laughs> yeah, Chuck, Chuck and Debbie. Debbie right? Like that, they, they've come every year. Yeah. Oh no. And, and that's a thing now, man. It's like, that's the place to be first thing in the morning. You can get your coffee and your donut at Chuck and Debbie's decal connection booth. And Oh, by the way, you can order your custom decals that you need for the next year. You can year. stand right there and they'll yeah. help you design the deal. You don't have right. to do this over the phone or by yeah. email. You can do it right there at their table. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. The other thing about this event, the time I spent at the American Association of Woodturner Symposium, this was a high-end event. Yeah. It was a quality event. I was just really impressed. And when I started looking at doing the expo, I wanted something along those same lines. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you can go and get a, a, a municipal community center. There's there's a lot of ways to do it on the cheap. You you, you can, can get a high school uh, gym. <laughs> you can get a high school gym. You can do all your advertising on on social media, which is free. And there's a reason it's free, Right. but I wanted a quality event. And yeah. so the facilities I've always chosen, they're very expensive, but they're nice. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, I, I just really thought that custom rod building, uh, it, it does a lot for its image to have, have an event in a nice facility, in a nice location. Yep. Any, anything less to me just doesn't do the craft justice. Yep. And so that's why I've probably gone above and beyond However, I do think that doing that uh, has played a large role in the success of the event. No, I agree. And it's a very nice facility. Uh, it's uh, the MC Benton Convention Center is lovely. And and that whole area is lovely. Mm -hmm. The only the only part about the, the wood turning that I object to is Tom's playing it down like he's a hobbyist wood turner. You, you, you're a very gifted wood turner and do some really beautiful work. Um, and I know you have... Andy Deer's profound respect as a wood turner, and that that says a lot. And, and inter interestingly yeah. enough, along the lines of Vic Cutter and this uh, this notion of being a maker, you know, Dale Clemens became a wood turner too, right? So it's it's funny how many That's of right. us right. cross over into these same veins, tying flies, turning wood, um, building rods. It's it's interesting. And, and by and by the way, uh, Vic will, of course, he's been retired for several years, but he still comes out to the expo to see everybody. And oh yeah, he was there last year. He's told me he's coming this year. Oh, good. I actually ran into, I actually ran into Dale Clemens' son-in-law at a recent woodworking show. Oh, really? And I just I happened to have a sweatshirt on that said Rodmaker Magazine. He said, "Do you know a guy named Dale Clemens?" And I said, "Sure, I knew him." And he said, "He was my he's my father-in-law." And he said, I, ma "I married his last uh, surviving daughter." And we oh, began wow. talking. And he said, "I've got all Dale's rod collection, the rods he built." Wow. He said, "I'm not a fisherman. I don't know what to do with him." I said, "Do you want to bring him to the show and exhibit him?" People would love to see them. There's going to be some woodworking taking place there. There'll be something for you to do, and you get to talk to all these people. And he said, great. So, oh, so uh, he's bringing them. 
if everything goes as planned, I'm going to meet with him beforehand and make sure these are, he, he said he wasn't sure if these are rods Dale made or commercially produced rods. I, and honestly, I don't see Dale owning a lot of commercially made rods. I don't either. Rod. Yeah. So I very much expect we will have a, uh, a Dale Clemens rod display there and some of those rods will be for sale. Interesting. Well, that's a highlight. That's a first. Fascinating. Awesome. So, you know, if you're on the fence, I, I would tell you, give it a try. You will be glad you did. You will enjoy yourself. You will learn a lot. You will probably bring some money, bring some cash. You'll probably spend more than you're, uh, than you're budgeting if do. you're like most of us. But again, it's just, there's so many great deals and so many unique opportunities to have everything in one place. It's, uh, it's absolutely worth it. Um, so it's at the MC Benton Convention Center the 24th and 25th of February. Uh, we're going to, we're recording this right after the first of the year. We're going to try to get this episode out quickly for people who are thinking about doing it. If you have questions or you want to learn more, you can go to icrbe.com or rodexpo.com. Okay. Or rodexpo.com. Okay. That makes it very easy. Uh, you can see the list of exhibitors. You can get all the details for the lodging. You can see who the seminars are going to be. There's a gallery of, you know, previous events and photos to help you understand what to expect. You can see the detail on tickets and everything. And of course, again, we said it, we're going to say it again, and I'll still wind up having to tell somebody to sit the show, the Rodmaker Magazine reception on Saturday night, where all the giveaways are, that is for Rodmaker Magazine subscribers. So please subscribe because uh, there's some great prizes, uh, but your ticket to the show does not get you into the uh, the Rodmaker Reader reception, but uh, a, a simple subscription will. And if you haven't signed up, you can sign up at the show, but it's much simpler to sign up in advance. The show starts, let's see, it starts, what are the hours? It runs uh, 8 to 5 both days. Okay. And the tickets are purchased at the, the at the door. We run a pretty quick line. We'll have yeah, it's, uh, it's three quick. cashiers up front. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if the line is going to look long when you show up at it, it, five minutes to eight but and it's going to start before eight o'clock that's right <laughs> yeah but uh you know by 10 minutes after eight everything's rolling in the halls packed and people walking up buying their tickets and getting on in yep and then uh, of course uh five o'clock we, we have trouble getting people out yeah once again people get in these conversations with other rod builders or maybe some of the exhibitors and you know it's just such a great time it for is. two days it's just a heck of a lot of fun it and is. it's also a lot of guys tell me I've met so many people here. I've become friends with so many other robbers over the years. This is the only time during the year I get together with them face-to-face. -face. Right. It's just, you know, what it really comes down to, it comes down to the people, really. Yep. That's what makes the event. I agree. Well, it's a, it's an awesome show. I'm thank you so much for all you do. Well, you're the unsung hero of this thing. We'll probably never appreciate all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into making this thing happen every year. Um, and, and I know you you warn us that any any one year could be the last. But uh, man, uh, it's an awesome show. Can't wait to be there coming up in February, and just really appreciate all you do to make it happen, Tom. Okay, I appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, I'll see you there. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this week. But if you'd like to be notified as soon as all new podcasts are released, just text the word FISHING to 587-317-6099. We'll add you to our email list so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening.